Hello everyone, this is Coach Way of ChrisWayBaseballTraining.com and you're talking baseball with Coach Way. Today I wanted to talk about the idea of players needing to train more, play less. Uh, I think the good way to start this topic would be to go back to when I was a young player coming up, uh, growing up in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Back during that time, what you saw was that myself, along with a lot of the people that I grew up with, the boys and girls that I was growing up with, we did a little bit of everything. Okay, so, you know, we played baseball, we played football, we played basketball, handball, um, just about anything you could think of. Uh, we had access to it. We just get a bunch of us together and we go out and we just play. So growing up that way, um, you know, by the time we got to high school, definitely college, that kind of thing, uh, we were super athletes, right? Because um, we didn't specialize in any one particular sport. We were more so jacks of all trades with masters of none. Okay. So, you know, in terms of just developing overall athleticism, we, I think my generation, we were better athletes or we are better athletes just because we didn't really focus so much on the weight room and the weight lifting and, you know, all the physical stuff. We more so focused on body movement for sport, you know, because the different sports you play, the different abilities and uh, movements that you have to learn in order to be successful at the different sports that we all played, that just lends itself to becoming more athletic um, as you as you develop. Fast forward to 2015, my oldest son, he's 12 years old now. So 2015, he would have been eight years old, and you know he went out. He was playing on a 10U team that went over to the Dominican Republic, and. You know, he had a great time there. He played well, you know, considering he was eight. You know, he held, he handled himself very well. Um, but while we were there, I took the opportunity to point out to him that, you know, players there, children there, it's a different setup than it is for children here in the States, right? So what do I mean? You go to a place like the Dominican Republic, young ball players there, young athletes there, they are training. 24-7. Uh, we had the opportunity to be fortunate enough to visit some, some locations uh, as far as like baseball academies that were set up there on the island. And you actually saw like they had like a whole itinerary listed of how the day was regimented for these young athletes. You know, it's like breakfast at 8 a.m. After breakfast, they'd get out on the ball field for, for practice. After that, they'd return back for lunch. After lunch, they'd hit the weight room. After weight room, they'd back on the field. Um, then they'd return for dinner. After dinner, they're back on the field. 11 o'clock, lights out. Everyone's cell phone is taken. So a lot is invested, or we got to see, I should say, that a lot is invested into the training when you go to a place like the Dominican Republic, which lends itself to the understanding as to why players from that island tend to be more polished baseball players, even though they're immensely talented to begin with. But that immense talent gets, you know, uh, honed, so to speak, in the sense that they're constantly training. OK, now, as it relates to young athletes here in the States, it's a little different. I like to say that young players here in the States have a lot of distractions. They got video games. They have friends. They got school. Um, you know, you have all these different distractions that take away from their ability to go out and dedicate as much time as maybe they need to to training. OK, 
Um, you know, and as parents, a lot of times we look at our children and we say, you know what, you got to do more than just, you know, be entrenched in to your, 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 uh, your passion, so to speak, which I don't necessarily agree with because I think that, you know, as young athletes, if they're passionate about something, they should spend as much time as they can developing that passion, um, because it can really set them up, you know, down the road in life for just a lot of positive things, whether it be, you know, paying for college, even paying for high school nowadays, because, uh, prep schools is, is, is a big thing. It always was, but it's just now more, you see it more now where, you know, high schools now are, are in the recruiting young players as, as early as they can. So there's scholarships for prep schools and everything like that. So, you know, with all that being said, I don't think that there's any, you know, anything harmful about young athletes understanding, hey, you know, I want to be a basketball player. I want to be a baseball player. I want to be a football player and putting in the necessary hours um, needed to develop that passion. So, you know, in saying that, you know, what I'm saying is that with all the distractions that young athletes have here, a lot more um, focus is placed on playing rather than training, right? And what it comes down to, I think, is that a lot of parents just want to see their children go out and have fun playing, you know, a particular sport or a particular, you know, couple of sports. And they don't really see it early on as that particular sport having the potential to set that child up um, you know, just to have what the, the type of life they want to have. Right. So it's like with anything else, you know, if you invest the time into, you know, being a basketball player, a football player, a baseball player, it's not a guarantee that, you know, that child will make it, but you increase the likelihood that they'll have a good opportunity to give themselves a chance to make it, which to me is, is, is what the name of the game should be. Having said that, um, you know, the thing is that like when I was growing up, we played a lot more, right? So, you know, travel baseball was a big deal, you know, and like back when I was coming up, um, I grew up in, like I said, the Lower East Side, but then my parents, we moved to Brooklyn. And when I got to Brooklyn, um, the two, you know, premier travel programs at the time, it was either Bonnie's or Youth Service. And, um, you know, the way it kind of worked back then is like, if you didn't play for one of those two teams, then, you know, you weren't really you know, necessarily really like a good ball player. And it's not to say that I was a overly talented ball player. Um, but it's just if you if you were able to play for one of those two organizations, uh, what that meant was that, you know, you you were, you know, probably at the upper end of the talent pool in terms of baseball. Or they saw some potential and they could work with and develop you into a upper level ball player. So, you know, back during that time, you know, um, travel baseball was, was huge. It was important, you know, for helping players make it to that next level, you know, in terms of college. And it still is in terms of college and professional baseball. Like I can tell you now, like just, you know, for you service alone, like you had guys like Rudy Lugo, Julio Lugo, Manny Ramirez come out of that program. Um, extremely talented program back in the day. Uh, Sean Dunstan was another product, you know, from Brooklyn who went on to have a professional career. So, you know, when you start to look at what travel baseball meant back during that time, uh, travel baseball was the vehicle. You know, if you could get on a good travel team, chances are you were going to go to a good college and, you know, maybe even give yourself the opportunity to play professional ball. Um, but it's not so much the case now, you know, because back then, like I said, there weren't a lot of quality travel teams. 
right? So you had Bonnie's, you had Youth Service, you had the Bayside Yankees, you had the Long Island Tigers. Um, it was a, a couple of, just a small handful of like premier level organizations um, that were around back then. In terms of high school, George Washington High School was a powerhouse, Monroe High School in the Bronx powerhouse. You had FDR um, in Brooklyn. Um, it was just a lot of, you know, it was just like I said, it was just a handful of schools where a lot of the talented ball players went. So, you know, playing travel ball had a lot to do with, you know, setting a career, so to speak. Wherein now, there's so many travel teams that travel ball doesn't have the same, um, you know, level of importance, I would say, as it used to. And I think that now the focus needs to be placed on training the athlete more so than the athlete playing 80 games, 90 games during the spring and summer and fall. Um, I just don't think that athletes spend enough time now, you know, developing the skill sets necessary to play particular sports. And going back to what I had mentioned about the Dominican Republic, you know, those players there, they're, you know, 10 years old, they're in these academies and they're learning about ground balls, developing their swings, getting strong, developing physically, um, you know, to help them throw harder, you know, hit the ball further just to be elite level athletes. And going back to what I had mentioned before about the distractions that a lot of young athletes here face, they don't develop those skills um, consistently. They're not working to develop those skills consistently enough. And what ends up happening is they start to fall behind the player that's in the Dominican Republic or Cuba, Cuba or Mexico or Brazil, Japan, you know, these places where they really train these athletes differently than athletes are trained here in the States. And, you know, for me, I, I just would like to see, you know, things get to a place where, you know, athletes, parents, you know, instead of, you know, maybe investing, uh, I think travel programs now, you know, they're, they're starting somewhere between like, you know, 2200 to, you know, $3,500. And for me, I just think that that kind of financial investment, if you made that same investment into training the athlete, so now we're talking about strength and conditioning. We're talking about hitting lessons, pitching lessons, infield work, um, getting with a good uh, athletic trainer who can, you know, hone speed, agility, quickness, things like that. Over the long run, you're going to develop a more well-rounded elite level athlete, less likely to be injured because they're not putting their body through all the wear and tear associated with playing constantly and the constant repetitive motions of throwing and, you know, constantly rotating on the backside, which can lead to some kind of hip issues in young athletes and things like that. And, you know, again, growth plates, that's another thing that, you know, I see happening with young athletes, a lot of growth plate injuries from overuse. And to try to, you know, minimize that, um, I think more should be placed into the training aspect of it to, for, for these young athletes now to develop their bodies. Because I think this generation is a little different in the sense that, like I said, my generation, we were a lot more naturally athletic just because we weren't big on going into the weight room and doing all these different things and didn't have the information or the access that you know athletes now have. So we more so had to go out and just learn how to pick up a basketball and learn how to shoot pick up a football and just throw. And we mimicked 
a lot of, you know, like our favorite athletes growing up, you know, like everybody wanted to be Michael Jordan, Jerry Rice, Joe Montana, uh, Ken Griffey Jr., you know, these, these type of athletes growing up. So we would go out and mimic these things. And just in doing that, you're developing a skill set athletically that you don't even really realize it, but you're constantly working on something, right? Where in athletes nowadays, they don't really watch too much sports, right? So they might, you know, sit in front of a TV if they're really passionate and watch a basketball game and things like that. But you don't see too many young athletes now, you know, oh, my favorite player is this guy. And then they go out and get like a group of five or six of them together and go out and just play. You don't see that much anymore. So with such an emphasis now placed on organized sports where, you know, from as early as T-ball, you have kids out there just constantly, you know, swinging, throwing and things like that, or, you know, running up and down the court, jumping and things like that. Now, now you start to fall into specialization, which opens the door to injury at an early age. So I just think that, in, you know, in, in an effort to try to avoid that kind of thing, um, you know, athletes, parents, invest the money into the training, you know, go out and like I said, spend on a strength and conditioning coach, you know, spend on, you know, a, a hitting instructor, a quality hitting instructor, um, spend on, you know, a quality pitching coach and, you know, have your children invest the time into developing themselves physically, mentally, emotionally. And in doing that, they develop the athlete and it makes it easier when they do transition into the sport for the sport to come more natural. Um, something that I say to, you know, a lot of my friends is if you develop the talent to a point where it's so undeniable, every travel program is going to want your son or your daughter, right? So I always say it's not necessarily about, it's that it's absolutely, it's absolutely not about the name on the front of the Jersey. It's about the quality of the coaching. So, you know, the, the better the quality of the coach, the more invested the coach is, the more information your child's going to receive in that particular sport. And that's going to make that's what's going to ultimately make them a better athlete. It's not about, you know, their ability to just go out there and go five for five every game or, you know, make 20 shots out of 20, you know, in a basketball game. It's about the coaching. The coaching is more important than anything else when you're talking about travel baseball or travel softball or any sport. And I think that, you know, as well, in addition to everything that I've touched on so far, a lot of parents invest into the name of the organization. They invest into the name on the front of the jersey. And the coaching may not be of good quality for your child to develop the way you would like to see them develop. So, you know, it's very important as parents that you make the right decisions for your children, whether it be baseball or softball or any sport. And, you know, again, I think that it's really important that an emphasis be placed on the training, 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 cannot train your children enough for the sports they're playing, uh, because the reality is they're up against it. You know, especially if you're talking about sports like baseball, softball, where, you know, especially in baseball now you have relations now opened with Cuba. So there's going to be an influx of Cuban ball players. There's already been an influx of players coming in from the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Mexico. Brazil. Players are now starting to come over from Japan. So these are places where training wise, these athletes are much further ahead in terms of skill development, physical development for the sport than our children are here in the States. So 
in order to bridge that gap, we have to get to a place where we understand that training is vitally important and we start to really invest the time, energy, effort, and the finances into training our children to close the distance, you know, in terms of the gap uh, as far as development goes from our children and children abroad. Uh, so just wanted to touch on that. Um, you know, I just wanted to hopefully leave that thought with you guys and hope that, you know, you can take it and, you know, sit down and maybe listen to this a couple of times and just try to, you know, find or figure out what's the best way to approach things in terms of your child's development. Um, and again, I guess, like I said, just the main thing is don't, don't invest too much into the travel programs now. Um, invest into the coaching if you're going to play with these travel teams. Because uh, I'm not saying that travel baseball is something that you shouldn't do, right? Travel ball is good. Um, it's just all about how we view it, right? So I think that the way to view travel baseball now is to look at the training aspect as developing your child, right? So you go out five days a week, Monday through Friday, and you train. You know, whether it's three days a week, two days a week, four days a week, whatever it is, and your child goes out and they train, you train your child. And then when it comes to the travel program, that's test day, right? So the training during the week is preparation for the test that's coming. So the travel program now, when they get to their travel team, it's an opportunity for you to see where they are and make an assessment in terms of what maybe needs to be adjusted with the training to when they come back to playing, they're better. They're constantly progressing, consistently moving forward and progressing. Uh, so both do go hand in hand. You need the training aspect and you need the playing aspect. So you do need the travel program. It doesn't have to be an elite level travel program because I think what's more important is the rep repetitions and the work that's being done, uh, which is why, again, to the point about training, training is important because that's where a lot of reps can get had. You know, a lot of reps can be taken in practice, right? So that's a great example. You go to, you go say to a hitting coach and you might be able to get 100 swings or 50, 60, 120 swings, quality swings, you know, not just swinging, just the swing. But a few, a couple of quality swings to really work on things, you know, hitting balls the other way, working back through the middle, you know, and that's about 50, 60 straight consistent swings, you know, with a break in between. Wherein you get to a game situation, you may only get three of that's a game, you know. If you got it, if you got a pitcher out there that's really working that day and throwing well, you know, three of bats might be it, you know. And out of those three of bats, it's three swings maybe. So there's no guarantee that you're going to go out there and get the necessary, you know, amount of reps you're looking for, you know, playing a position, you might not even get a ball hit to you. So it's important, you know, to think about training as it's a, it's an opportunity to get quality repetition. You're going to get more swings. You're going to get more fly balls. You're going to get more ground balls to work on at practice or during training than you will during a game. So just, you know, again, just hopefully giving you some information just to really absorb and process and think about and you know not make drastic changes but maybe just make little adjustments in the way you're approaching handling your children's development uh, where we take the pressure and the onus off of playing so much and put a lot of the focus on skill development physical development mental development emotional development because that's what really is going to make or break a lot of the children in this generation of athletes because um, I tell my son all the time if, if mentally 
he can just keep it together. Um, you know, I think that that'll set him apart from a lot of athletes playing today because I just think a lot of athletes today mentally aren't as tough as they used to be. And it's not a bad thing, but it's just something that has to be developed. And, you know, going back to my generation, that was the thing. We were just mentally tougher because we just were outside a lot playing and we just had to figure things out. And there was no crying. You know, you didn't call a foul on the basketball court. If you got hit by a pitch, you just shook it off and that was it. You got up there again for your next at bat and, you know, maybe return the favor with a hard hit line drive back through the middle or something that almost took off a pitcher's head. But um, it's a, it was a different time. So just hopefully, again, like I said, just hopefully it, this information is helpful. You find it helpful and, um, you know, take from it what you will and just hopefully, you know, maybe make some adjustments just to put your child in a better place, whether it be baseball or softball to just continue to progress and consistently uh, see the success that they're hoping to have. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, happy holidays to everyone. Uh, don't forget you know, to check out the website, chriswaybaseballtraining.com. Uh, when you go there, you'll also see a lot more baseball-related information as well as uh, links to my other social media content. Uh, thank you for following. Thank you for listening. Happy holidays, and tune in next time.